Uh, hello, I'm Tom Fraser, and this is a special edition of my podcast. Today I'm in Singapore speaking with Kenny Ting. Kenny is the director of Singapore's Asian Civilizations Museum. The museum, which tells the story of Singapore's rich cross-cultural heritage, is a real gem. It is my distinct pleasure to be sitting here with Kenny Ting today. Uh, Kenny, to start, uh, give us a bit of a bird's-eye view of the museum. Tell us a little about the story of the museum and a few key pieces in the collection. Thank you very much, Tom. I have to start, uh, first of all, by saying it's also a privilege uh, to be here with you today. Uh, the Asian Civilizations uh, Museum uh, was opened in 1997, and um, its uh, focus has always been on a, uh, a sort of a panoramic view of Asia and its various diverse cultures. Uh, the present building the museum occupies is one of the oldest buildings in Singapore. Uh, it used to be the Colonial Secretariat uh, during the British era. Uh, very, very happily, we just opened two contemporary wings as well. Uh, so you'll see that it's a very unique building, uh, being partly colonial as well as partly just completely brand new uh, titanium-clad space-age metal. Um, the collection uh, spans uh, most of Asia, uh, and increasingly uh, we have been um, acquiring masterpieces uh, of art uh, that uh, are pieces that are also um, incorporate within them uh, elements of two uh, uh, civilizations in Asia. So, for example, one of my favorite pieces uh, in the collection today is what is known as a a hong bowl. Uh, these were porcelain bowls uh, that were made in Canton, today's Guangzhou, uh, when Canton was one of the most bustling uh, trading ports uh, in Asia. This was during the mid-1700s to late 1800s. Um, it was, uh, it's a punch bowl uh, in, in, in form, so a kind of European uh, a piece of decorative art. Uh, but it's made by Cantonese uh, craftsmen uh, uh, in, in Chinese porcelain. Um, it's one of uh, uh, my favorite pieces because uh, it speaks to one of the themes of the museum, uh, which is to explore a history of trade in Asia. And it's also cross-cultural in that it is Asian, but also European. And that um, also speaks to what Singapore is, uh, where it's sort of East and West uh, combined. Yeah, um, yeah interesting. Um, Singapore is really known for its multiculturalism. Uh, Singapore has four official languages as... Um, uh, so, so that, that makes it interesting. Um, as we talked uh, before we began this interview, uh, trade and faith and belief are a couple of the main themes uh, for the museum. I wonder if you could just talk a bit more about them and how these themes kind of reflect the diversity of Singapore society. Um, we recently um, refreshed the museum's curatorial mission, and in that process of refreshing it, uh, we wanted the mission to be both um, um, at, the, at, the, at the cutting edge, I suppose, of, of knowledge in, in, in the field of Asian arts, uh, but also something that resonated with Singapore. Mm -hmm. So the two themes of trade and uh, faith and uh, belief um, actually take reference from what Singapore is, um, in essence, uh, it is a multicultural and multi-religious uh, uh, trading port um, and has always been. 
um, uh, the way that we um, eschew uh, geographical regions uh, for a more transnational perspective. Um, so we don't we don't uh, uh, organize our um, collection based on whether it comes from China or India or Southeast Asia and so on, but we organize it um, according to these two themes is also rather new uh, in terms of how museums uh, um, um, organize and uh, display their uh, collections. So to us, um, this way of, um, um, of approaching our collection actually sort of kills two birds with one yeah. stone. Yeah, the, uh, I think the museum just really reflects well the, the heritage and culture of the city. Um, I'm curious, Singapore is a, you know, a relatively small country. Um, help me with the population about what? Uh, 5.5 million. 5 .5 million. Yeah, uh, I know you get a, a large number of tourists here. Uh, I, I'm very curious uh, about the audience of the museum. You know, how much is this a local audience? How much is this a tourist audience? Um, I would say for ACM that it's still a majority tourist. So I'd say about 60% tourist and 40% local. But then I think we get something like 15 million tourists. I don't have the, 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 the number off the top of my head, but it's definitely more than like 12 million. So in proportion, that seems about right. I've been very impressed with um, the, the way the government works with business, you know, to do very thoughtful planning in business throughout Singapore and I think that's one reason that, you know, like, the unemployment rate is 2.3% in Singapore now, and, um, you know, the city's economy is uh, expanding into some really dynamic areas. Um, and I'm sh I, my feeling is this applies to, you know, government thinking about cultural assets as well. So, so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, what the government has done in the last couple of decades with regard toward setting policy for the arts and you know, for developing um, museum assets and that kind of thing, I I know you've played a real role in uh, writing up some of those policies. Um, I, I think there are two key aspects to uh, policy and strategy making. Um, in the cultural sector here. The first is a process of consultation, and um, there are always uh, committees that are put in place, and these are far-ranging, uh, wide-ranging, uh, so they involve uh, arts practitioners, but also business people, members of the community, uh, educators, and so on, um, and, and they usually take a process of perhaps a year mm -hmm. to, to, to go through, and then um, with all the recommendations that we get um, you know, in, in the government, the, the cultural agencies then come together to see how best to put these recommendations together. And then the second aspect to this, which is very important, is also positioning uh, the, 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 the strategy, positioning culture. And oftentimes, this requires us also understanding what is the priority at any moment in time, uh, um, uh, and what's the bigger picture uh, in Singapore. And so in the 2000s, the bigger picture was very much this idea of the creative industries. And so the cultural sector plan, which was called Renaissance City at the time, was sort of heavily economically slanted. It talked about manpower. It talked about um, internationalization. Um, it talked about uh, um, sort of creating new companies and institutions. Uh, in the 2010s, um, uh, the focus was a lot more social. So, um, you know, the, 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 um, the Singaporean public themselves were thinking very much more of social issues like healthcare and 
um, um, poverty and, and ex- excess special needs. And so then um, the, the master plan, uh, similarly, through a process of consultation and the process of thinking through how best to position this, to make this relevant, uh, all slanted, uh, was a little more socially slanted. So we looked uh, very much at community engagement, um, investing in education, uh, particularly for uh, kids in school. Um, and, and this is how, I suppose, in the way we try to keep uh, the cultural master the culture in general um, visible and relevant um, to uh, the public as well as the powers that be and to the patrons who fund us. Yeah, Yeah, it's fascinating. And, um, you know, for museum goers, you've got a brand new museum here in Singapore, uh, the National Gallery Singapore, uh, which opened about, I guess, a year and a half ago, right? Um, Yeah, it's it's just wonderful. uh, this is the conclusion of the first segment of my interview with Kenny Ting. Uh, to learn more, please go to the second segment of this uh, interview.